This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This episode brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. This is Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. It's time to awaken an entire nation. I'll be a dog till I die. Between the hedges, look it fly. 90,000 in the stands, I'ma do my dance, make it look fine. Coach, put me in the game. UGA, yeah, the name. Yeah, the offense gonna turn up, but the defense gonna win us the game. Here's your host, Corey Burton. All right. Happy Thanksgiving. Welcome into the Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcasting network for professionals. I'm your host, Corey Burton. Joining me is my co-host, fresh out of the deer stand, Israel Troop, man. What's up? What's going on? The only bad thing about today is I didn't see anything but a squirrel, and the squirrel almost got it today, too. So I'm going back this afternoon. Um, Hopefully, I have better luck. Uh, city folks, we we might have just gotten impatient and and uh, shot that squirrel and, and been happy with our conquest, but um, I guess I guess uh, you know uh, experienced huntsmen like yourself uh, choose the uh, the the big bucks. Man, it's amazing. I'll sit in a deer stand for hours on end, but I won't wait in line in the drive through for more than five minutes. It's yeah, crazy that's, how that works. That that is crazy. That that is one of those things where. You scratch your head, but I mean, it's priorities, man. It, it's it's relaxing out there. There's nobody bothering you. There's nothing going on in the tree stand. Just you and your thoughts and your bow or rifle or whatever weapon of choice, and and you're looking for um, looking for that deer. So uh, that that's cool, man. Um, you know, I, I get kind of jealous. My 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 usually getaway is is, is playing golf, and and uh, that that's kind of what I do. Um, that's kind of my big time hobby. And, you know, I've, I, I go fishing a lot too. Um, I'll go, especially when I go down to Florida, we'll go inshore fishing, um, out in the, um, out in the bay down in Naples and I've caught all kind of things. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm learning to be an outdoorsman, man. I, I grew up in the, I grew up in Metro Atlanta. So being outdoorsy <laughs> is not my forte, but I'm learning, man. Uh, and I'm, I'm starting with a fish and then I'll, I'll work my way into the, uh, into the land. So, yeah, man. There. Anytime you come down here to South Georgia, I would definitely get you going. Believe it. Good deal, man. We'll hunt some deer. Maybe take me to Irwin. I, I can kill me a hog. Bring back some. My son loves pork, so uh, if I could bring <laughs> back a if I could bring back a whole fridge load of pork, man, that would be I'd be like he'd be in literally hog heaven. So yes, li- literally and figuratively. Exactly. So, um, interesting weekend of college football uh, this past weekend. We. Uh, you know, in this show, our goal is to kind of look back, see what we learned. Uh, this is going to be a Thanksgiving feast 
of a show. Uh, we're, we're going to give you a gluttony of information because that's what you do on Thanksgiving. You 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 gluttonize. So well, that's what we're going to do with our information here. So um, we're going to take a look back. It was an interesting week, Israel. Other than uh, other than our game, um, you know, some interesting things stood out to me. Uh, Kentucky got sixty burgered. Uh, Florida slept walk through a twenty one point win at Vanderbilt. Auburn looked looked phenomenal, got off to a slow start, but then you know shook the rust off and uh, Garantano did what Garantano does. Uh, and then Arkansas got hosed again. Uh, I, I don't see how they keep getting hosed, but uh, they still had chances to win that game. They were they were they fell just short to LSU. Uh, and Missouri uh, looked good. Uh, South Carolina had some fight. It was kind of an ugly game, but uh, Missouri was the the victors. And, and we'll get to all of those here in just a minute. But uh, looking at dogs on dogs, uh, looked like it was a nice quarterback battle. J T. Daniels had a had a decent day. Um, at the yard, 28 of 38, I don't know, 401 yards and four touchdowns. I guess you could say that's a nice day at the office. And then Will Rogers, 41 of 52, 336, and one touchdown. Uh, extremely efficient for as many passes as he completed. I would I, I would half expect for him to, to be around the 500-yard mark, but uh, they were just uh, dinking and dunking all down the field. But you know what, Israel? I forgot, man. Um, our show is brought to you by betonline.ag. So uh, the football season's in full swing. The playoff picture is starting to take shape. You may not be at the game, but you can still be in on the action at BetOnline. From game spreads to totals and team and player coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. There's always the online casino as well. That never closes. So head to betonline.ag today. Take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag. Sign up today. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Now, Israel, before we get into this quarterback battle, did you put money on this game? I did not. Um, I was going to, and then I started to remember how good Mississippi State's defensive line was, and I was like, you know what? This is going to be a pretty close game, um, especially um, their receivers versus our secondary kind of spooked me a little bit, so I'm glad I got. It. I'm kind of glad I didn't. I think it was what a 24 point game or something like that. Yeah, it was, um, uh, yeah, and ended up being and what half, I think. seven. <laughs> yeah, ended up being seven. Took the big so, L um, against the spread. Um, I'm kind of glad I didn't, but I was I was really glad to see uh, the dogs get back on on the on the winning tip, and I was really glad to see uh, JT Daniels come out um, and have a good game as well. So you were very active on Twitter. Um, you know, I, I thought JT Daniels had great command of the offense and, and great touch. And, you know, after that first series, when he got settled in, that, that guy was throwing dimes. I mean, he was he was the man out there. Um, you know, what what did you notice about JT's performance? And um, didn't seem like the knee – seemed like he wasn't completely 100%, but he was well enough to make plays uh, on his knee and, and – uh, so I, I think there's something to all that stuff that happened uh, prior to this game. Oh, man, most definitely. I, I think um, when he got sacked um, in that first series, I think he kind of shook the rust off early. Um, he did look a little bit skittish, you know, uh, first couple snaps, you know, and that's, that's any quarterback that one that hadn't played and, you know, the, the knee is still kind of in the back of your mind. But after that first sack um, in that first series, I, I think he kind of settled in. Um, he, he, he started to get back, okay, this is football, I'm fine, the knee's fine, and let's go to work. Um, so I, I think I think it was a, a good thing that, you know, he, he – I hate that he was held out for so long, 
uh, of course, because I think he is, is the better quarterback of the ones that we have. But um, I think I think it was the right decision because, um, like I said, you could tell those first couple of snaps were were, were a little bit um, were a little little nervous at first, I would say. Um, but you know, when when those bullets start flying um, and you don't have a coach blowing a whistle, you know, you realize you can get contact. You know, any quarterback's going to be a little nervous, um, but. Um, I'm glad to see that he settled in. I'm glad to see that he had the game that he did. I'm glad to see the receivers um, be explosive and, and have excitement. Yeah, it just seems like they were genuinely excited to have somebody there. It seemed like they had an extra pep in their step uh, with, with JT. I mean, Jermaine was all over the place. He had almost 200 yards and two touchdowns on eight catches. Uh, explosive. Um, he had a, I mean, he averaged two first downs every time he caught the ball. So, uh, Pickens was also explosive. He averaged the first down every time he caught the ball, eight catches for 87 and a touchdown. I mean, th- these guys were um, they were moving around. They were getting open. They were they were creating separation. They were I mean, it just felt like they were different people. And a lot of that's just because of the confidence that, hey, if I run this route right, JT's going to get me the ball. Most definitely. And, and you could tell that the game plan was catered to the things that he does well. He throws the ball well. Um, so you can tell that the concepts they were running uh, were geared toward what he does well, and that's a deep ball. Um, check, even the check downs were eight, nine, ten yards. Um, so um, I'm, I'm glad to see that uh, Coach Munkin is, even, even when Stetson Bennett's in there, you know, he does things to, that fits the quarterback's um, skill level. Um, exactly. So um, Co- Coach Munkin's done a great job, and, you know, he had a very good game plan going against Mississippi State, although I wish we – um, could have ran the ball a little bit better, but hey, when when you got a kid going out there uh, completing uh, twenty eight passes, you know, out, out of thirty eight or, or whatever it was, and throwing for four hundred and one yards, I mean, you really don't need the run game at that point. Exactly. I mean, it, it's it's one of those things where um, the run game will come around. I, I think uh, now that we're a viable passing threat, I don't think teams can load up. I mean, Mississippi State had a great game plan to stop our run and, and as they should have, cause that, you know, coming in, you know, JT was still a relatively unknown commodity. Um, you know, you knew what he was at USC, but you didn't know how his knee was going to respond. So of course, if I'm Mississippi state, I'm going to load up on the run and force JT to beat me, which is exactly what they did. And is exactly what happened. JT said, okay, you want to, you want to stop the run? Okay, that's fine. Um, I'll throw, you know, I'll throw four touchdown passes to three different receivers, so um, and I'll make you pay. So he did just that. So I, I don't think teams are going to be able to load up like like they do anymore because, you know, if they load up against the run, JT's going to hurt. JT's going to burn you. If they load up against the pass and drop, you know, drop a bunch of people, then that's when Zamir, James, Kenny, McIntosh, and then when Kendall Milton gets back, uh, him too will run wild. And so uh, I think it's going to help. I think it only helps our game plans moving forward. Even though we're playing, I guess you consider uh, at the moment, bottom of the barrel SEC teams coming coming down the stretch with South Carolina, Missouri, and uh, and Vanderbilt. Uh, but I, I think it's, uh, you know, goes without saying, you know, it's complimentary football. I mean, you have to have a, you have to have a great passing game to have a good running game and vice versa. So it all works off each other. And I'm, I'm glad to see the passing game finally, Got to a level that we all expected at UGA with uh, with the wide rec- with the caliber of wide receivers that we had recruited. Man, most definitely, and and like you said earlier, you know, once that running game, uh, what, basically once you become more balanced, now now we look like a balanced team. Now we can run the ball when we want to. Now we can throw the ball when we want to. So and that's what you want. 
uh, especially you and I both know being offensive coordinators, you want to you want to stay balanced as much as possible. Um, so, see, like you said, teams can't stack the box anymore. Um, and and like we alluded to last week, um, I said that this game will be one one in the trenches. Um, and I knew that Mississippi State's defensive line was very, very good. Those linebackers are very talented, and they showed it um, Saturday night by stopping the run eight yards. When was the last time that a Georgia football team has ran for eight yards? Um, I don't know. It, it <laughs> a is a long been, time ago. It, I can't, I can't even remember the last time they did that. But I think Mississippi State had a good game plan. Um, they they made JT Daniels prove what he can do, um, and I'm and I'm glad he did. Um, but it also showed that, hey, we have a different dynamic now. You know, we, we, we can run the ball and we can throw the ball when we want to. So, you know, having JT back there kind, kind of does it for you. And um, I'm just glad to see that, you know, Coach Monk is taking what, what the defense has given him. Um, it, and, it's, and it's a beautiful thing to watch. Those, those receivers were, like you said, they had a little bit of extra pep in their step. I mean, George Pickens is just running routes and running wild. I mean, Jermaine Burton had a phenomenal night. And uh, Karius Johnson. I mean, I mean, Karis Jackson, I mean, all those guys just they, they just looked like they were having fun um, like they did those first three games, you know. So um, it was good to see. Um, and, and I can't wait to see more of it. And wh- whether you're playing, you know, the Alabamas or South Carolina, who's down right now, I mean, you got to show up and be ready to play because you can get beat any day of the week uh, with this SEC schedule. So um, I'm just glad we're clicking right now at the right time. And hopefully, you know, we went out and, you know, see what happens with Florida. Exactly. And, you know, I'm going to be a big Tennessee fan whenever they play, whenever they finally get to play Tennessee. And they, they still got to play LSU, who's, you know, they're they're getting a little bit better at the right time. But uh, for a guy like Demetrius Robertson, who couldn't who couldn't seem to find his way uh, once he stepped foot at, at UGA, um, whether it be a quarterback that couldn't quite deliver, deliver the mail in the deep ball or he couldn't get separation or whatever the case may be, he had three catches for 45 yards. Uh, what 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 can that do for his confidence down the stretch um, as, as he nears the end of his eligibility for a guy like Demetrius Robertson? Man, that could be huge. Um, you know, just, just seeing – like even him, just seeing him come out and, you know, run his routes full speed. Um, not that he hadn't before, but it, it was just different seeing him run. Um, different seeing him make, making catches and, you know, doing things that we knew that he could do when he was being recruited and when he, when he started playing at Georgia so, um, you know, just a different dynamic, um, especially when you know you got a guy back there that can get you the football. Um, so it, it's going to be great to see to see him, you know, grow up a little bit more, uh, more than he has, and be able to contribute. You know, because um, I mean, we we have a stable of receivers. I mean, our receiver room is is absolutely phenomenal. So the more guys that we have in there that can make plays, I mean, if George Pickens comes out, then who's the next man up? We should never skip a beat with with as much talent that we have in that room. Yeah, and, and some of these guys are going to come back. Like uh, Blaylock will come back next year. Uh, Arian Smith should be due back soon, if if not next year for sure. So you're you're getting some firepower back uh, into your system, and so that's going to be that's going to be a, a breath of fresh air uh, for the receiving core moving forward. And then you know you look to see JT Daniels come back on, on a full season now with uh, with a chance to really do something special. So let's let's uh, you know let's take a look at the other side. Um, you know I, I think that. The defense got a lot of heat uh, for their performance, or lack thereof, as people perceived it. But I, I think part of it was was the game plan and being patient and, and forcing Mississippi State to drive the ball, which I, I think their time of possession would tell you um, 
and I'm looking for that stat. Yeah, time of possession. They had they held the ball 32 minutes. Uh, they had uh, 358 yards, 21st downs. Um, you know, they only had, they only rushed the ball for 22 yards, um, three penalties. So they played a relatively they played a pretty clean game, no turnovers at all. Uh, Will Rogers was just somebody that was content on, on taking the five, six, seven-yard checkdowns and 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 staying ahead of the schedule, and, and that's what this offense kind of does. And you know, you got to be patient, Israel, uh, against this offense because it's kind of like defending the triple option. You know, mm-hmm. you, you you're going to give up some yards, and you're probably going to give up a few points too. I, you know, shutouts are are uh, you know rare against this team. I, I think they've scored. You know they had, they had their struggles before, but that's because they didn't take care of the football. So when this offense take takes care of the football, they're a tough they're a tough team to stop. Um, and and they did just that. Will Rogers, freshman in his second start, um, you know, threw for three hundred thirty yards and and a touchdown on fifty two passing attempts. So um, what you know, what do you make of Mississippi State's offense? Are are they you know had they found the right guy in Will Rogers? I mean, what what do we make of this? Is is this a uh, defensive collapse by Georgia. Should we be worried, or you know, what, what what do you make of all this? Oh no, I'm not worried about our defense at all. Um, I, I think uh, Coach Smart and uh, Coach Landon came in with a game plan to say, "Hey, we're we're going to try to keep everything underneath us." At, the, at least that's what it looked like to me. Because um, you know, at any point, Mississippi State can beat you deep. You know, that's one thing that Mike Leach does well. He 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 literally takes what the defense gives him. So he knows that we were rushing three and and dropping eight. Um, so he would just take it. They ran mesh. I don't know how many times and receiver just sit in the middle, sit in the middle of those two backers and, you know, get a first down, get seven, eight yards. The next thing you know, it's a first down. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's just one of those things, you know, just kind of trying to figure out, you know, what, what can your guys do well? Uh, we, we know that our strength is our defensive line and our linebackers, you know, but, um, as of late, you know, we, we haven't been able to cover outside, so now you have to drop those guys into zones. And when you do that, then you're susceptible to those underneath routes. You know, you give up six, seven yards um, and make it a second and short, third and short. So um, I think once we get back to – once we get all our guys back and everybody's healthy, I think we'll start heating up people a little bit more. Um, but right now, you know, just from watching the Alabama game and the Florida game, uh, playing man – uh, like we have been in the past is is, is just not just not what we're, what we're about this year. Um, so you got to you got to play zone. And you got to got to drop into those um, those zones with your linebackers. So you can't bring uh, too many people to the party and rush the quarterback. So um, once we get once we get healthy again, and you know Richard comes back and um, the the corners and our um, our uh, star position, you know, is solidified. I think you start seeing a little bit more man, but you know, right now, you know, as long as we keep it underneath, keep everything underneath us, and make a tackle, uh, I, I think we'll be fine. Now, how difficult do you think it is? Because I, I think it's, I mean, to me, it seems very, very simple, but I, I think it can be pretty difficult if this is not what you do. But being primarily a man pressure team to now being a uh, cover four, cover six, you know, cover seven type team. You know, switching more into primarily zone, uh, it's a it's a philosophy or it's a, it's a way of, I guess, a, a mindset that you're not used to. How difficult is it to transition into that? Man, I, I think it's really hard because um, you got to think our, our corners are used to being physical. Um, they're not used to backpedaling and, and getting out of there and, and having to come up and make a tackle. We're used to being physical at the line and making people get open because we know 
if we can hold and make the quarterback hold it for, you know, three, four seconds, you know, our, our, our defensive line, our linebackers are going to make a sack. Um, so, I, I, from from the looks of it, you know, it, it looks a little bit fresh. I would be frustrated, you know, if I was a corner of safety and I'm and I'm bailing, you know, at the snap. Because I mean, if you, if you go back and watch that game, I mean, our corners are bailing. They're they're sitting at five and they're bailing right before the snap. So they're giving up, you know, eight eight nine yard cushion. Um, so you know that that's a little bit different. And go back and watch the Auburn game. I mean, Tyson Campbell's all in Seth Williams's face. You know. Um, Eric Stokes is over there pressed the whole time. So, you know, it's, it's a different psyche. Um, you know, I, I don't think the philosophy's changed. I think they're just trying to make do it what they have right now um, until they get their guys back. That, that, well, that, at least that's what it looks like to me uh, when I watch them. Yeah, no doubt. And, and it's, it's, a, it's a mindset that they have to get used to, and, and it's, it can be pretty difficult. Um, and and it's I kind of liken it to you know being an offensive lineman and, and going from a zone scheme to a gap scheme, you know, and, and trying to flip your mindset to that. Now you know I, I'm used to putting a hat on a hat. Now I've got a down block. It's a totally different technique, and um, so you know it, it, it's difficult. It's difficult to adjust to, and, and but it's what's going to make you most successful against Mississippi State because they're a going to time themselves out. They're going to you know especially if your offense is scoring, which you know we were. And, you know, JT Daniels was having the night that we had. Uh, so we were able to sit back in, in, in zone more more so than, than not uh, because we didn't have to press and try to make up for, for lost ground. So um, our defense heated up when it needed to, and they made stops when they needed to, and they had a much, much better second half. I think they only gave up one score in the second half. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, I mean, they, they did well. They rallied, and, and they – they made plays when they had to, and and that's just kind of what you do against a Mike Leach team. You know, you just sit back and let let the game come to you, and and you know, you know, eventually you're going to, you know, you're going to get the upper hand, or they're gonna they're gonna they're going to make a mistake, or you know, do something where they don't take care of the ball, or because you know, I, I'm guilty of this. I'm sure you are, being an offensive coordinator, being a play caller, but we're gonna take shots every once in a while. And when you take shots, you 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 know, that's where the risk comes in. And you do something, and, and you risk not taking care of the ball, and so that's kind of what happened with Mississippi State. They took a few shots, they got some sacks, they got behind the chains, and then you know they, they couldn't make up the ground. So, you know, I, I thought our defense did did a did a good job. Could they have done better? Yeah, probably. They probably could have played a little bit tighter and been a little bit more physical. Um, even even in a zone uh, principle, they they probably could have. Uh, sat a little closer in, in, in those zones and, and played a little tighter. But, you know, for the most part, if, if, if I'm nitpicking, you know, that's what I would probably say. But I, I think they had a pretty good day. And, you know, I, I, I was pleased. I mean, a win is a win is a win in this league. It doesn't matter who it is. And, you know, we knew that Mississippi State was going to be like this. You know, we knew they were going to be well coached by this time of year. Um, we knew they were going to, you know, be able to, once Mike Leach finally gets his offense clicking, I mean – He's he's one, and this is this is his style, man. He he makes the makes the team scrape rock bottom. You know, mm-hmm. he he takes the team to rock bottom before he builds them back up, and that's what he did with this group. You know, you're early in the season. You know, Kylan Hill opts out. He runs him off. You know, and there's a few others that he probably ran off as well um, in that whole thing. And you're sitting there thinking, my God, Mississippi State is a disaster. Did they hire the right guy? Now they're starting. They're now they're starting back on on the way up. And you know it started 
uh, on Saturday against Georgia, and we'll see how they do this weekend in the, in the Egg Bowl. They've got a renewed sense of uh, enthusiasm over there. They do, and and for everybody who's not in those meeting rooms with the coaches and know what's going on, I mean, you got to understand from a coaching standpoint, you always you're looking at personnel, and and you're looking at ways to get your guys in the best situations for them to succeed. And if that's rushing three and, and dropping off, I mean that that's what you got to do. Um, is this going to win us a football game? That that's what you look at as a coach. You know, you can't you can't go by the opinion of people who who aren't there. People who don't do what you do and people who aren't um, – who've never been in that situation, who, for that matter, who have ever even played the game. Um, so, you know, for Coach Smart and Coach Lanning and that defensive staff, you know, I'm pretty sure they sat there and banged their heads saying, what can we do to slow this Mississippi State team down? Because they, they, they have gotten better, like you said. They're getting better and better each week. And like you said, they're, they're not turning the ball over and they're just taking what defenses are giving them. So, um, I'm pretty sure that our defense staff was saying, hey, what can we do to slow this bunch down, keep everything in front of us, you know, and not give up the big play? And that's, the, and that's what, what happened, and that's how we won the football game. Um, so um, as a coach, you know, you're always trying to put your players in the best situation, um, and I think that's what our defense did. And, and, and for Mississippi State, I think Coach Leach is finally starting to, starting to figure it out. I mean, they came to the game with, what, 59 uh, scholarship guys? Um, so. I mean, they're 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 just playing. They they, they played their they they played as well as I thought that they would and above, um, yeah. just, just because of the numbers that they had and, and they played hard and, and that's what Coach Leach, Leach is looking for. He's looking for guys that's going to play hard. If you're not going to play hard, then you're not going to play for him. Um, yeah, exactly. So, um, I look forward to to watching them for the rest of the season. I, I know that Egg Bowl next week is going to be really good because you got two great offenses going against each other and uh, two defenses that you just never know what might happen. Um, so it, it's going to be very interesting to see, but I, I do like what you know, Coach Leach is doing, and I think he has um, confidence in his quarterback now. I think the quarterback has confidence in, in his receivers and what the game plan is going in. So um, Mississippi State's going to be pretty good here. Yeah, they will. They'll be a dangerous team, um, you know, come uh, the end of this season and coming into the next season. I think once he finally – can rebuild and replenish the the bottom half of the roster with guys that that he recruits and uh, kids that he recruits. I, I think that they will be, you know, they'll kind of be what Washington State was in in the Pac-12, a, a team that can actually, you know, for most years be in contention for most of the season, go to really nice bowl mm-hmm. games and 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 really compete. And because right now Mississippi State is the Vandy of the West, you know, they're just that's right. You know, they they, they were considered you know the team that was never had a chance and I think there was one year under Dan Mullen they had a legitimate chance but for the most part they were middle to bottom of the pack and and so I think Mike Leach is somebody that can get them you know up there with Auburn and LSU and and you know up there competing with 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 the best of the best of the west and you know I think the west has gotten really good um, overall but you know I think Mike Leach will get Mississippi State into that conversation so um, really good game, both sides. I, I, I was I was just equally as as impressed with Mississippi State as I was with Georgia, and as I was with JT Daniels. I thought the quarterbacks played a phenomenal game. I thought the offensive play calling was brilliant on both sides. Um, I thought the defensive game plans were really good. I thought Mississippi State had a really good defensive game plan. Georgia had an okay defensive plan as well. They they executed it and and, and it was successful. So a successful uh, victory is a successful game plan to me. Um, so I, I think I'm not I'm not hitting the panic button like a lot of people are. 
um, which is <laughs> which is so easy to do because you, you you see us give up so many yards and Ben don't break and it just seemed passive and you know to to the untrained eye, yeah, it probably was. You know, it's probably not the defense that you're used to seeing with Georgia. But then again, this is not a, a team that you're used to seeing Georgia play against. This is kind of like the the oddball of the conference. And so you got to treat them. They're the Georgia Tech of the SEC where they do something different than yes. everybody else. And if, and if I'm Vanderbilt, I'm taking notes right now. I'm saying, okay, how can I get a hold of something like that? Because we need to do that. Now, I think Todd Fitch, and we'll, we'll transition into Vandy. Um, Vandy, you know, gave a valiant effort against Florida, but, um, you know, I think Vandy needs to do something different. They cannot line up and do a traditional offense. They ha- they need to be tempo, RPO, uh, air raid, uh, just something different that's tough to prepare for because they got a quarterback now that can sling it. So they need to take notes. They need to get an air raid guy in, and they need to figure out what makes them go. And I think Todd Fitch has done a pretty good job of developing that offense. They've gotten better each week. Um, just too little, too late at this point. So, you know what? What are your thoughts on the Vandy Florida game? You know, I, I you know, I, I was wrong in thinking that Florida was going to cover that big spread because they kind of just slept, walked through it. Um, they could have if they if they wanted to, but just seemed like they were just ready to get the hell out of there. Man, I from watching that game, I think Florida was shell shocked. I, I don't think that they thought that Vandy was going to come out and hit them in the mouth. And you know, that first half, the first quarter. Um, I mean, Vandy's winning, what, 10-7 to after the first quarter. So, I mean, um, I I think they thought that Vandy was going to just back down and say, oh, it's the almighty Florida Gators. And no, they they didn't. They came out and they fought that whole entire game. And um, and that's one thing about Vandy. I mean, no matter what the record is about Vandy, those kids are going to come out and they're going to play their tails off. And and that's exactly what happened against Florida. Um, Florida had, had to scrape by. You know, Florida had to come up with with a couple of big plays here, here and there to um, to put some points on the board. So I'm very impressed by by what you know, Coach Mason and and that that staff has been able to do, considering the circumstances that they're going through um, over there right now. So uh, Vandy, Vandy's Vandy. You know, you're not going to get much out of them, um, but but they're going to play hard. Um, and, and if you're not careful, they'll beat you. And if and I if you know, Florida doesn't have Kyle Trask. Uh, I, I think Florida gets beat, personally, um, just, just from the way that they came out and the way they played. And one thing, and you and I, you and I both know, you can't play down to your competition. Um, and I think that's what Florida did. Florida came out and thought they were just going to squeak by, get a win, and get out of there. But uh, Vanny said, uh, no deal. Uh, y'all are going to have to play us. You have to play us four quarters. And I think that's what they got. And that's, all, and that's always been Vandy, no matter what their record is or – what kind of season they're having? You're going to have to play them for four quarters. Exactly, and and they're 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 a tough out. But do you think they still need? Uh, do you still think they need new leadership over there? I do. Um, just from the simple fact that I think Vandy is is a good football team. I, I really do. Um, and who, who wouldn't want to live in Nashville? Who wouldn't want to go to school? in Nashville, who wouldn't want to, you know, go to Vandy, who, if you get a degree from Vandy, you can pretty much get any job that you want. Um, so I, I think they, I think they need to give back to the football program a little bit to, to get it back um, to what it used to be. Um, I, I think they need to do some things to where it makes it appealing to come to, to Vandy. Um, Cause right now I, I, don't, I haven't seen anything that, you know, that makes who, what makes you want to go to Georgia? Now, what makes you want to go to Clemson? What makes you want to go to Miami and the Floridas and Alabamas and Oklahomas of the world? 
there's some appeal to want to go there. And I think that's what Vandy's missing, uh, whether it's, you know, the athletic administration, you know, coming up with a gimmick, you know, building a new locker room with a slide or some video games or something. I mean, I don't know. But I think that's what Vandy's missing. Vandy's missing that, that it factor for, for kids to want to come. And um, I think some new blood in there uh, with the right mindset um, and, and a player's coach. Not saying that Derek Mason's not, but um, I think they just need a player's coach that, you know, adheres to what the kids want. And I think if Vandy can get some recruits in and, you know, make it fun, you know, because it – when, when you're winning, it's fun. You know, when you get yeah. beat every day, that's not fun. So once, once Benny, you know, gets a guy in there, you know, they start winning a little bit. Then you start to see um, Benny kind of pick up a little bit. So I, I don't think they're a bad football team. I really don't. I mean, for those guys to come out and play the way they've been doing with the record that they have and the seasons they've had it is absolutely amazing to me. And, and kudos to that coaching staff for keeping them together as much as they have. But I think I do think that there's some new blood that needs to be had um, in Vanderbilt, um, and you know, I, I hate to see. I I don't ever want to see a coach get fired because I'm a coach. You're a coach as well. You never want to see that, but you know, sometimes you do need some new blood in there to, you know, make make some changes and make things different. Exactly, and and I think it's just one of those things where, you know, the the message coming from Derek Mason is no longer being received um, because they're you know even even though they're fighting, they you, you can tell they respect him. Um, but it's just not working out because they still can't figure out a way, you know, to win games. You know, because James Franklin, when he had success at Vandy, you know, he was winning games, but he was also, you know, those kids were fighting hard and and they were winning games. So it's like, you know, you can have both. You know, Derek Mason has the fight. Okay, that's that goes without saying. But I just don't think him as a head coach. I just don't think he's able to manage all the parts that you need to manage to ensure that you turn that fight into wins. And I think that's where the disconnect is. So I, I think you'd be a hell of a defensive coordinator personally, um, because if he's just left with scheme and recruiting, he can do those things great and he can get defenses to play really hard for him. That's why I think Kevin Steele's a great coordinator. I don't know if Kevin Steele would be a great head coach. I haven't seen him in that role, but I know that guys like Kevin Steele, Brent Venables, you know, Dave Aranda, who was a great coordinator at Wisconsin and LSU, um, you know, Dan Lanning, Kirby, you know, Kirby was a great coordinator. Uh, Jeremy Pruitt was a was successful as a coordinator. Will Muschamp, you know, those guys as defensive coordinators, you know, they can inspire those guys to fight and play hard for them. But when you when you throw in the extremely uh, large amount of extra stuff that you have to do as a head coach outside of being a coach, uh, some guys can handle it, some guys can't. And uh, Derek Mason just seems to be one that's, that's overwhelmed, and that's okay. You know, that's okay. It's it's not a knock on him. It's just, you know, he's not great at those type of things, so he's not succeeding in those type of things. So maybe he needs to readjust his role. Maybe Vandy needs to help him out with that uh, because he does a lot of good things as well. So I don't want to get away from all that because he has developed some fight in his team. He has developed a team that will play hard and is resilient and, and doesn't quit. Um, and, and that's that's the one thing that's the one good thing I can say about him. So um, you know, he'll land on his feet. He'll get a call ten minutes after he's fired at Vanderbilt and uh, he'll have a he'll have another shot. And I'd like to see him get another shot as a head coach at some point, but I, I think he needs to step down as a def- to a defense coordinator level uh, for for a season or two before he gives his next gig a shot. 
I, I completely agree. Um, like you said, some guys are, are better coordinators than they are head coaches. And, um, you know, at the beginning of the Vanderbilt era with him, I, I thought that, you know, all right, here we go. Van, Van is looking good. But, you know, at, as the years have gone by, you know, that that luster starts to wear and, um, you know, it, it's just time for time for change. And, you know, and he's just like uh, uh, Will Muschamp. You know, he's a great coach. Great recruiter, great guy in general. You know, sometimes that great guy needs to just be a coordinator, you know, just kind of like Barry Odom. You know, Barry Odom has resurrected his career, you know, as a defense coordinator at Arkansas. So, you know, sometimes, you know, some guys just don't have that it factor, you know, as a head coach, but they, they're a dang good uh, coordinator. So exactly. um, I, I think I think he'll land on his feet real fast. I, I don't think he'll be unemployed long if they no, do decide won't. to pull the plug on him. No, he won't. He won't. And, and he – and. You know, if uh, Will Muschamp doesn't end up at Ole Miss, uh, that might be Lane Kiffin's second call. Um, you, know, you saw that with Matt Luke um, at Ole Miss. He came on, uh, and, and he's a phenomenal um, offensive line coach for Georgia. Um, and I, I didn't doubt that one bit. He's, he's an O-line guy. He didn't quite work out as a head coach, and, and he's doing just fine. Um, so th- there is precedent for that. So um, speaking of head coaches and coordinators that are under some heavy scrutiny, uh, seems like the luster's kind of worn off on on uh, on Stoops and uh, Eddie Grant up there at Kentucky. I mean, they get they get a sixty three burger put on them, uh, sixty three to three. Can't find a lick of offense in that game. Um, really quickly, what what kind of you know is, is Eddie Grant proven to be the guy? Does 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 Mark Stoops does he take any heat for this? Is he is his seat getting red hot or you know what what? What do we think about Kentucky? Is is it time to to panic and and think about change there too? I I think it is time to panic. Um, that that offense is not helping the defense at all. Because um, for a while there, I mean, Kentucky was holding their own against uh, Alabama's offense. Um, but you know, after a while, if you keep punting the ball, guess what happens? Your defense is going to get tired. Guess that what happens? Dam is going to break. Yeah. They get unfocused. What happens when you get unfocused? You give up big plays, and that and that's what Alabama hangs their hat on. That's what happens. Sixty-three points worth. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, um, I think for for Stoops' sake, I think he's going to have to make a change at coordinator. Um, you can tell that, especially at maybe not the offensive line position because they've had a lot going on, so you can't really tell with them. Um, but especially at the skill position, those guys at Kentucky do not look happy at all. Um, you know, I know I don't watch Kentucky football very much, but I know exactly what they're going to run every time they're in certain formations. You know, so if I bad. can figure that out just 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 by watching them just a couple games, what do you think teams who are game planning you're going to do? Um, you you see it you see it uh, Saturday. I mean, every time Kentucky line up in the formation, Alabama would shift, or you know they would bring a safety down and they stop it. Mm-hmm. You know, and for no gain. Um, you got quarterbacks that, you know, can't deliver the rock. Um, you got, you know, an offensive line who's pretty daggum good. But, you know, when you got eight, nine people in the box because they know you can't throw the ball, then what are you going to do? You know, you got five to block nine. You know what I mean? So um, there's no creativity in anything they do. The only creative game I saw was against Tennessee. And that's, and that's simply because Garantano turned the ball over. 16,000 times and you know the defense just showed out you know but what 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 happens when you get in these shootouts like against the Alabamas and um 
teams like that to where you, you need a quarterback that can deliver the ball. You need play calling that can, you know, stretch the field, um, that can get creative. And, you know, I think for Coach Stoops' Coach sake and um, for his tenure at Kentucky, I think he's going to have to make a change at, at the coordinator position or him and the coordinator are going to be finding new jobs at the end of this season. Yeah, something's got to happen quick. And, you know, I think Stoops has earned himself enough credit to be able to make a change at the coordinator and, and, and move on and move forward. And, you know, there, there's always that grace period of, okay, you change the coordinators. All right, now it's on you. So he makes a change with Eddie Grant. Then next year is on him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I think I think he'll face the scrutiny um, after he makes that change. So I, I'm uh, I'm excited to kind of see what he can do. Um if he if he got a new quarter coordinator, um, if he could create some some deception, I, I think Joey Gatewood could be a great quarterback. I just think that within this system, he's pretty terrible. Which that's not a stretch to say because a lot of a lot of quarterbacks are a lot of quarterbacks would probably be terrible in this in this uh, in this whole deal. So I mean, you know, it, it was it was a beatdown. Uh, it was an epic beatdown, and so we won't spend a whole lot of time on it. But I just thought it was interesting. I, I think some change needs to. Needs to happen there. So, um, you know, uh, Tennessee-Auburn, uh, speaking of change, uh, I, I don't know what's going to happen with the future of Jeremy Pruitt. Uh, things are starting to really unravel for him at, at Tennessee. Garantano is is uh, turning out to be a coach killer, uh, being decent in the first half and then falling apart in the second half. That pick six is real. I don't know if you saw it or watched it, but, mm-hmm. oh, my God, that was – I mean – he just stood there and looked at him the entire time. It was almost like, hey, safety, I'm going to throw this ball right here. You better go catch it. And he threw it like a perfectly catchable, interceptable ball right there. And then the guy runs it back 100 yards. I mean, that's just unacceptable all around. Um, and then, Man, you know. You're, you're there in the red zone, and they're going in to score. And then you look, you, like you said, he stared him down the whole entire route and yeah. basically just said, all right, here, here you go, Mr. Safety. You, you can have it. I don't want it anymore. Hey, Smoke Monday, I don't think you're a great player. Here you go. <laughs> you, you, you've had some tough times. Maybe, maybe he was being compassionate. I don't know. Uh, but they were, I mean, surprisingly, they were in control of the game at that point, I thought. Yes, they, they, even, they, out, they outgained Auburn in, in the yards. I mean, in total yards and everything. So, um, yeah, they you played know, well. turnovers, are, turnovers are killing them. And for yeah. Jeremy Pruitt, what, what is it looking like to me at, 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 after looking at it and watching that game again, what it looks like to me is that they're just riding this wave out. Mm-hmm. And I think I think they're setting up for Harrison Bailey to be the next quarterback for next year. Uh, yeah. That's what it looks like to me. I think they just don't want him to get hurt. They're, they don't want him to do anything yet. Um, well, they're not going to be totally wrong. Yeah, I don't. I could be totally wrong, but that's what – because he hadn't played yet. So I think that's he, what he is. Came I think they in. want him to get all his reps. Yeah, he came in relief. He threw ten passes, completed seven of them uh, for yeah. eighty-six yards. So, I mean, yeah. I, I, to be honest with you, there's a fine line of okay. Uh, at some point, you got to throw the kid out there, um, and are you going to protect him at the at the peril of your own job, Jeremy Pruitt? And at some point, he's going to have to just say, you know what, he's, he's got to play. You know, we, we have yeah. nothing left to play for. We're you know we're two and five. There's not much. There's not much out there, so let them let them get these next two. You know, let let them let yeah. them let them finish it out and and let them see what he can do. Give him some live bullets. I mean, they they did that with uh, at Mississippi State and they're they're doing just fine now. So 
I mean, yeah, I, I don't think, think Jeremy Pruitt's going to have gonna... to take a page out of that book. That's for sure. Because, yeah. I mean, they Garantano's not the guy. He's killing um, you. I mean, he does things well. Now, don't get me wrong. He does things very well. And then yeah, so the does Costello. stuff he does is is really, really bad. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, Co- at, KJ Costello at started at Stanford then, for years. Exactly. Yeah. At some point, you know, you just got to you got to bite the bullet and say, hey, hey, freshman, you're, you're about to go out there and play. Yeah. Um, I think that comes from Coach Chaney, too. You know, yeah. um, at some point, you know, if, if you have a naval person back there and, and they're, they're doing a good job of practice and they know the offense, I think you do give them a shot. Yeah. You know, it's, it's different if they if they don't know the offense um, and they, they just can't handle it. Now, 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 now you're dealing with a totally different monster, you know what I mean? Yeah. But now that, you know, he – he came in at the end of the game, and, you know, he looked pretty good. I, I think you give him a little bit more reps this week, and I think you let him go in if Garantano struggles again. Yeah, What, no what do you have to lose? You don't have anything to lose. I, I think you have uh, I think you have everything to lose if, if you don't play him. Uh, and I, I think holding him back at this point, I, I think, will only further uh, dig yourself in a hole that, you know, that you, you've dug you've dug quite, quite a bit. And, you know, unfortunately, Garantano – when he makes mis- it'd be one thing if Garantano just made a mistake here and there, and he just he just wasn't good. Like he wasn't good enough to really win you a game, but he wasn't bad enough to kill you and lose a game. Uh, you know, I, I think uh, you know, I think it would be okay then. But I mean, Garantano's thrown some. When he makes a mistake, it, it's a it's a catastrophe of, of epic yeah. proportions. I mean, it's it's a hundred yard pick six, or it's a fumble return for a touchdown or it's like a, you're going in to score and you, you take a really bad sack or you know just something that just completely kills the momentum of the team um, it, exactly. it, it just that, you know those, those are killers man and, and those are those are things that not only do you lose momentum in that game but now you're starting to like okay they're gonna keep playing this guy you know if I come in and prove that I'm better I may I still may not play because you know they're gonna play this guy they're gonna ride this guy so at some point you got to say enough's enough. We, we we can't take on any more water. We're gonna have to get the new kid in there and, and just just throw him out there and just let's let's go with it. I mean, kid's a five star man. Let's 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 go. All right, yeah. the kid's a, kid's a highly rated quarterback out out of Atlanta. So let let let's just go with him, man. And and let's let's get it let's get it out of the way. Let's let's get it done. Let's let's coach him through it. It's two games. You know what what you know it can't get any worse. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, it, it, at that point, at the point where it does, it can't get any worse, that that's when you pull the trigger. And so, yeah, and, I, and I'm surprised with with Jeremy Pruitt being a defensive guy, the turnovers and putting the defense back on the field just hadn't been enough. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. You know what what's, what what makes a defensive coordinator more upset than anything? If turnovers they just came off the field spots. from getting a stop, yeah, and you, they got to go right back out there, so. Yep. You know, with him being a defensive-minded head coach, you know, I, that's why I'm surprised he stuck with him so long. And like I said, this is just an outside look looking in. And, and, you know, we don't know, you know, what the deal is. But I think at this point, like we said earlier, I, I think you give him a chance now. I mean, you got two games left, you know. At least let him get his feet wet this year. Then you go into spring. Uh, Laura's willing that, you know, is under control and you can actually have spring that, you know, the yeah. separation starts. And I, and I think that, you know, I, I watch. Harrison Bailey in high school and kid can spin it you know he's a smart kid too and and I think I think if they can ha- at least have a spring and go through everything like normal I think he he, he wins it outright and he's a starting quarterback at at Tennessee and then now you get to see okay 
Now what are we going to do? You know, kind, kind of like at, at Kentucky, you know, with Eddie Graham, you know, what now now it's on the head coach to see, all right, how how is your head coaching skills and, and are we better now than we were before or did we stay the same or did we get worse? Yeah, exactly. And that's the evaluation process you got to take into it. So, um, but, you know, hopefully they're going to put this game in the past. Auburn's going to put this game in the past. It, everybody's got to look ahead now um, because – you know, the, the, this week is upon us at this point. Um, it is Thanksgiving week. Uh, some of the traditional Thanksgiving uh, matchups have been preserved, like the Iron Bowl. Uh, Georgia's taken on South Carolina, so uh, they're normal. Uh, both of them, these schools' normal uh, Thanksgiving Day uh, matchups are not the case. Kentucky, the same way with Florida. Uh, Vandy is taking on Missouri now, thanks to... Uh, I guess thanks to Arkansas having some COVID issues, uh, Mississippi State in the Egg Bowl that is that is preserved as a Thanksgiving Day uh, matchup, and then LSU A and M, which is uh, now a Thanksgiving rivalry uh, for them. Used to be LSU Arkansas, but now I think it's A and M uh, LSU mm-hmm. now is is the new uh, Thanksgiving rivalry for 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 those two. So um, lots of great matchups. Uh, you know, we'll start with Georgia, obviously, because we are the Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast. But uh, there's some, you know, there's some big earth shattering news um, that we'll get to in a little bit uh, involving the Iron Bowl. But uh, Georgia comes in to Columbia, South Carolina. Uh, they seem to some years where you think they they shouldn't struggle, they struggle um, in in Columbia. What you know, coming into this matchup. You know, what makes Columbia, uh, Williams-Brice Stadium, such a tough place to play? Uh, well, I would say the fans. Um, the, the fans usually definitely show out for uh, the Georgia-South Carolina game. Um, and, you know, usually it's, what, the fourth, the third or fourth game, second or third game of the season, I mean. Um, so, you know, it's still early. You know, it's hot. Everybody's at the game. Everybody's loud and everything. So, um, but this year because of COVID and, you know, because South Carolina's struggling, I, I don't think that, that glamour is going to be on the game anymore. Right. Um, I was looking. I was actually looking forward to this, considering that they came to Athens last year and beat us. Um, I think that Georgia had, will have a chip on the shoulder, which I don't. I still don't doubt, um, right. just because of the situation they were in this year. But you know, just from the games in the past, those games are usually always close. Um, but I, I think just from watching South Carolina this year and everything that's going on with them, I, I think it's. I think it's going to be. A blowout, in in my opinion, um, if Georgia's offense picks up where it left off and picks up the run game, and you know we get a couple of guys back on defense, I, I don't think that South Carolina stands a chance. No, I just think they're too decimated uh, talent wise on, on the defensive side. Um, they you know losing losing what they've lost uh, with opt outs, injuries, things like that, and just people going to the NFL draft and not being able to uh, replace them with anybody that's. Uh, half as good, you know, whether it's experience or freshman or w- whatever the case may be. Um, I, I think it's going to be uh, – that's going to be a struggle there. And I, I think that finally Georgia's found a quarterback. Uh, and we talked about this earlier. Uh, it, it, it's going to open up so much more for you uh, just having a guy back there that can that can make you pay for uh, for some mistakes and, and things like that and, and can take the pressure off the run game. And, and I, I think being an explosive offense will only help this defense just be like, okay, all right, we can do it now because I think you're going to see some, some runs now that are ripped off because JT Daniels was able to do what he did last week. I mean, you know, the, the, the running backs were willing to put one game on the shelf and say, you know what, we got to show out in the passing game uh, for the greater good. So I'm okay with eight yards 
but we're going to show off this week, and, and it's going to happen because you're going to see a looser box uh, because now now you got four guys with, with JT Daniels that you legitimately have to defend, uh, whereas with, with Bennett or Mathis or even Jake Fromm a year ago, you know, it was let's stop the back shoulder throw to Pickens uh, and Cager, and we'll be, you know, we got 70% of our game plan, you know, knocked out. So we'll stop the run. We'll, we'll, we'll give you a seven-man box and commit to stopping the run. We'll, we'll lock down those guys, stop your back shoulder throw, and, and uh, you know, it's going to be a struggle for you. And you can't do that now because Pickens will kill you. Kyrus Jackson will kill you. Uh, now Jermaine Burton uh, is extremely explosive. He can kill you. Um, and then – you got backs out of the backfield now in the passing game. You got you got the run game. You've got you got a whole world of opportunities that are open up just because JT Daniels proved that not only can he sling the ball and and connect on the deep ball um, and throw short routes with great velocity and 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 only catchable for his receivers, but he's got great command and great instincts uh, in in this offense, and and he just seems very 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 comfortable. And, and being able to do what he does uh, back there behind center. He does, and, and just – and like I said earlier, you know, we're going to run the football, but it, I was very impressed by our backs. You know, they, they struggled, you know, getting yards, but they that was an unselfish group. They picked up blitzes. They, they helped yeah, exactly. um, in, in pass pro. And I, they could have pouted. That they they could have pouted. They could have just been like, why are we doing this? But, no, they held their, head, they, they held their heads high. And, and they did, and they did their job. So um, I'm very proud of that group for for you know standing up and doing the things that they did. And like you said, just just having all those things at your disposal now in offense is going to make this 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 offense and, and this team more explosive and and better. You know, as this, as the rest of the season goes on and building for next year. Yeah. Now now the question is defensively because you know Mike Bobo, Kirby Smart, they're pretty much best friends you know you you, you know coach Bobo um, just playing for him you know he's going to have a few things up his sleeve for us um, you know Colin Hill comes in uh, having a pretty successful season um, relatively I guess considering the circumstances uh, six touchdowns six interceptions uh, you'd like to see that ratio a little bit more lopsided in the touchdown in favor of the touchdowns but you still have uh, a great weapon in Shy Smith to, to contend for uh, the, the running back uh, you know the running back Harris is almost at a thousand yards, and they've struggled um, to, to find any to find much on on either side of the ball. So uh, they've got a, a few guys to contend with. So they're they're not. Sh- I don't think they're extremely short on talent on the offensive side of the ball. I, I think they're where they're short on is execution and, and finding ways to consistently execute. But when they, when they're on, they're on. When they're clicking, they can they can really give you some fits. But you know, unfortunately for them. They haven't had those opportunities, whereas you know w- whether the defense is just you know been so abysmal that momentum hasn't been in your favor. You, you know you got long fields to drive, time of possession, things like that. You know and and you know some things that are growing pains that go with having a new coordinator all mixed together can be a recipe for disaster. So you know I, I look at it as yeah they're they're scoring fourteen points a game. They don't look great right now on either side of the ball. Uh, but they got some guys that, if you give them some, if you give them some grass, if you give them some opportunity, they showed against Auburn what they could be and how well they could play. Uh, they just haven't done it consistently at all. So, to me, this South Carolina, uh, this South Carolina offense is scary. 
Um, it, and it can do some things. It can do some damage. I mean, we, we thought the same thing about Mississippi State, and they came in and, and gained, what, 500 total yards of uh, uh, total offense. And so, you know, what do you think Coach Bobo will have up his sleeve uh, for uh, for us? He'll definitely have something, and I think he's going to take a look at this Mississippi State game and um, see what Georgia did um, and, and if Georgia comes out with the same game plan against them. Um, and I think he'll look, he'll definitely look at uh, the Florida game as well, um, back out the backfield, you know, stuff like that, um, because he, he's doing he's been doing that for forever uh, with Gurley and all those guys when he was there. So, um, I mean, just you know, Coach Bubba's Coach Bubba. Um, he he does a great job of game plan, and I think he'll have uh, South Carolina coming out and playing hard. Um, is is can we can we keep them off the field? Um, can, can our offense sustain drives um, against their defense? Um, and can we stop them whenever, whenever they do get on the road? Because they will. Um, they'll, they'll have a couple key drives um, in the game. Um, but we, we, we just got to keep the offense off the field and and um, just, just execute and, and play Georgia football. And if we do that, I mean, I mean we're, we're unbeatable if we just play Georgia football and we execute and do do the things that, that we've been coached to do. So, um, this, this is another game, um, another game to get better, and, and it's South Carolina. So, you know, that hype is still going to be there, especially since they beat us at home last year, which they shouldn't have. So um, I, I look for this to be a revenge game for the Dogs, and hopefully they come out and play inspired football. Exactly, and and I, I think it'll, I think it'll happen, and and you know I, I think it's, you know I think it's something that when when you when you look at it from from the thirty thousand foot perspective that this game on paper, you know Georgia's twenty one and a half point favorites, but we all know that this matchup is usually a lot tighter than that um, all the time. No matter how bad South Carolina is, no matter how bad Georgia is, this game is always going to be, always going to be tight, always going to be tough. They're always going to you know, it, it's always going to be a fight, and and very rarely is it a blowout. Um, very rarely has it been a blowout. So, um, but the conditions are a little bit better. Williams Bryce, you know, it's supposed to be seventy. I think um, probably a kickoff. Uh, there's not going to be, you know, you're not going to hear sandstorm with eighty five thousand people going absolutely bonkers. Um, and it's definitely, you know, you're not contending with the weather. So, um, you know, I, I want to take Georgia in the spread. Uh, they haven't really. They, they've killed me on uncovering spreads uh, that are double digits. <laughs> Uh, they've absolutely killed me on that, but um, you know, I'm for for no reason other than um, I just want them to to finally. I think they got all the pieces now to finally do it. Uh, they can cover twenty one and a half point spread now that they they seemingly have everything put together, and I think that they will. So I'm going to take the dogs in this one um, just for the sheer fact of I just think they can do it and they're capable of it. Um, and uh, you know, I'm, I, you know, hopefully I'm not wrong, but. You know, there's a very well chance I could be ever be. in your favor. Exactly. <laughs> you know, things are stacking up now. Finally, believe it. And I'm sure you're I'm sure you're going with the dogs too. I am. I, I'm going to go with the dogs. I'm going to wait and see what this spread does um, before I officially take it. I think 21 points is a stretch. Still, even though South Carolina struggling, it's still South Carolina versus Georgia. So um, I'm going to wait. Um, till Saturday, just kind of see where that spread is. If it's still at 21, I'll take it. Um, but uh, I, I think it'll change. Um, I hope I hope it's a 21 point game. Um, but uh, right now, it sounds like a lot, especially with our defense. Um, I wouldn't say struggling, but just, just trying to figure some things out. Um, so I'm, I'm going to wait till this weekend to actually choose 
uh, which side I want to be on. Dogs win regardless, but I got to wait to see what what I choose, what side fits I want to be on. Yeah, as far as uh, betting lines and spreads and things like that. Oh yeah. So, um, Kentucky will take on Florida. That's a twenty three and a half point spread. Uh, I think Florida, after sleepwalking last week, I think won't sleepwalk this week. Um, teams tend to put big numbers up on Kentucky. Uh, there's no reason for Florida not to. Not really much to talk about in this game. We we know what Florida brings to the table. We know how bad Kentucky is at this moment. So I'm taking the Gators in this one, 23 and a half points. I think I'm going to take the Gators too, uh, simply because I, I, I think they got a, a rude awakening uh, last week against Vandy. Um, and Kentucky is, is slightly better than Vandy um, offensively and, and especially, I mean, defensively and especially offensively. I think Kentucky is a little bit better. Um, so – um, I don't. I don't think that they'll go in this game um, looking ahead, and I think they actually come out and play uh, Florida football this week. So I'm taking Florida all the way in this one. Good deal. Uh, Iron Bowl. the The line currently sits at 24 and a half, and based on this line, I would pick Auburn to cover this. But uh, the earth shattering breaking news now. Uh, we've heard this one before, but it's actually legitimate now. Um, Nick Saban has tested positive for COVID-19. He has mild symptoms, uh, so there's not going to be a test three times uh, for false positive and, uh, and and get to coach in this one. He's got symptoms, so they're isolating him. Uh, so he is not coaching. Sarkeesian will take the reins this week um, against Auburn. I imagine that spread will drop a little bit, probably probably become an eight-point spread, I, w- I would imagine. Uh, without Saban there, maybe not quite that, maybe not quite drop that low because I don't know if Saban's worth that many points in in a game, but you never know. But uh, I, I think this game gets a lot tighter uh, than 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 it is at this moment. So, um, you know, what, what do you think about that news? Um, I, I hate it for Coach Saban. Coach Saban, I, I hope you get better soon. Um, you know, now COVID's running rampant. You know, especially on college campuses. Um, so, Coach, I hope you get get well soon. And, you know, just him not being there is, you know, is a factor. Um, you know, what do you say? It's 24. I, I think that that spread goes down to about 14 uh, by the end of the week. Um, but, you know, you still got to play the game. Um, and the way that Alabama's playing now, I mean, they just put 63 on Kentucky. And, I mean, Kentucky's defense isn't bad. So, um, you know, Coach Steele is going to have that defense ready to contain um, everything that um, Coach Sarkeesian has to has to offer offensively, you know, now that he's actually in charge, you know, you have to go back to now he's in charge of defense. He's now he's in charge of first timeouts, um, stuff like that. So now he, he's the game manager and the play caller now. So, um, you know, that also goes in, into um, into effect as well. So um, I'm looking at I'm looking at a 14 point game by by the end of the week. Um, I still got Alabama winning. And um, it just depends on which uh, which Auburn offense comes to play. Is it the offense that's been playing the last couple of weeks, or is it the one that play that's been playing uh, the first couple of games? So um, I think Alabama comes out and wins this football game, and I, I think it rests on the shoulders of Auburn's offense because the defense is going to play inspired football. They're going to do what they do, and they're going to keep doing what they've been doing all season. Uh, it just depends on which Auburn offense shows up on Saturday. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with the assumption that Auburn's offense is going to be the same as it was the last couple of weeks. Um, as far as they seem to be in a rhythm right now, they seem to be, you know, they seem to be in cohesion, uh, synchron, you know, synchrony, harmony, whatever you want to describe it as. 
you know, it seemed like the the tiffs that they had on the sideline earlier in the year seemed to be resolved. It seemed like Seth Williams is has now found his niche, found his role, and I think Bo Nix has just kind of not only uh, gotten Seth Williams, you know, the ball properly, and and I think he's involved Schwartz and and Eli Stove in in the game plan as well, and I think that spreading the ball around only opens up opportunities for Seth Williams. This is going to be a hell of a hell of a uh, wide receiver matchup here. Uh, I know they're not guarding each other, but you know to see what Devontae Smith does against Auburn and to see what Seth Williams does against Alabama because Alabama's defense is susceptible to big plays. They were they they've given up big plays just about every game except you know this last one. Um, but uh, you know they they they're they're susceptible to that stuff. And Auburn's a type of team where once they get rolling, they get rolling. And and this is a, this is a matchup where you throw everything out the window because these two teams legitimately hate each other. And so I, I think it's going to be tight. I think it was going to be tight regardless of whether Saban was there or not. Um, I, I never really bought the 24.5-point spread because, I mean, I know Alabama can score in bunches, but this is the Auburn game. This is this is not like any other game for them. Um, and Malzahn just seems to have their number uh, somehow. Uh, he's won two of the last three. Uh, so I, I think if, if Alabama wins – they definitely don't cover this 24-and-a-half-point spread, but whatever the spread drops to after this Nick Saban news, I don't think, they, I don't think they're going to cover that either because um, if it drops down to like 14 – if it drops down to single digits, I'll take Alabama. Um, and I think Alabama will cover a single-digit spread. I don't think they'll cover a two-touchdown spread uh, with the way Auburn's playing right now, with the way Auburn usually plays them in this matchup. So uh, give, me, give me the Tigers and the points, not necessarily winning, but give me Tigers and the points. So, I'm not mad at it. I'm, I might change my mind later, but I, yeah. I think Auburn's due. I, I think they've been playing so well against Alabama um, yeah. that, that they're due for that one that one game to to where something goes bad. So I'm gonna mm-hmm. wait and see, and then and then I'll make my choices on uh, Saturday there when go. all the chips are on the line. There you go. Uh, might put might might do a college parlay this week. I I did terrible in my NFL parlay. Um, Egg Bowl. <laughs> Mississippi State, uh, at one point prior to the Georgia game, it, it almost looked like they were finding ways to duck out of the season. But Mike Leach said, you know what? We got 53 players. We're legal. Let's go. It, it, it was almost like you know, you're playing pickup basketball and you're just trying to figure out how, if you can get five guys on the court at the same time um, and not have to like forfeit your game or whatever. So uh, Mississippi State did that valiant effort. He's found the right 49 guys. Um, so... You know they're not scared. Uh, it's a it's a nine and a half point spread here. Ole Miss is favored at home. Um, I'm taking the Rebels just because I think they're they're a team that's extremely explosive. Uh, they can't really stop much on defense, but I, I think that you know they will. Uh, I think that they can force Mississippi State into panic panic mode because this is you know this rivalry uh, can can cause these two teams to do some weird stuff. You know that mm-hmm. you know where Auburn Alabama is like usually a, a scrap. Uh, this game is usually defined by somebody doing something stupid and catastrophic that is uncharacteristic of themselves. Like last year, Elijah Moore doing the doing the lift his leg celebration that gave Mississippi State the win. You know, um, oh, you know things like that. You know, things like stupid plays, uh, stupid turnovers, you know. And I think there was one year where Ole Miss was favored, and they got they got shut out forty five to nothing. And I think that was like that Prescott senior year or something like that. It was something stupid, um, but just things like that. Like usually, one team does something extremely dumb to to lose the game. And I, I think that you know, I think that Ole Miss is going to be on the right side of this game because I have that much faith in Matt Corral. 
um, Jerry Neely and Elijah Moore. I think that trio of, of talent right there is enough to be explosive in any matchup. And I think that Mississippi State being depleted, I don't know that they're going to be able to keep up with the track meet that this Ole Miss team is. I, I believe so, too. I, I think Ole Miss is clicking right now offensively. Um, they, they still can't stop a nosebleed. But um, I, I think that they come up with enough plays defensively um, that this game could possibly turn into a blowout. Just just from the simple fact that that offense of Ole Miss is just, just so spectacular. And by the spectacular, I mean they can do anything and they'll score. Um, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing clipboards thrown in the air um, and all that good stuff. So I'm, I'm taking Ole Miss uh, for the win. Um, and, and I think it's I, I, it's nine points, you said. And I, nine, I think yeah, it's a little bit more half. than nine. Yeah, it's nine um, and I, half. I think it's a little bit more than nine. Um, the, the only thing that, that does kind of scare me um, from it being a blood, just because Mississippi State's front seven is so good um, that if, and if they get pressure on Corral, um, he can't get it out. That that'll cause some problems. But I mean, they, they're they're clicking right now at Ole Miss, and I, I don't think that they'll skip a beat this week against Mississippi State. Yeah, I, I think either I think either Ole Miss is going to cover the spread, or Mississippi State's going to win outright. Um, and it's going to take Matt Corral doing something stupid, or or when they bring in John Rice Plumley doing something stupid for them to lose this game. Um, and I think that's uh, you know that's something that you know w- could happen in this matchup, and and certainly not. Uh, certainly not out of the realm of possibility. So uh, our next game, we moved to College Station. LSU, a much improved effort against Arkansas. I still don't buy this LSU team, um, but they had a much better performance against Arkansas with the help of the, the referees. Um, they found some opportunities to hit some big plays on Arkansas and, and you know kind of gain that momentum to where all they had to do was just kind of nudge the lead out. Um, and they just, they just dominated Arkansas up front. A&M comes in. Uh, one loss to Alabama. They're favored by 14 points at Kyle Field. I'm taking the Aggies uh, because I, you know, they haven't played. I feel like they hadn't played in a while, but you know, they're just so they're 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 finally playing like a complete team, like the complete team that everybody thought they were. Kellen Mond is, you know, he, he's he's red hot right now. You know, 16 touchdowns to only two interceptions. Had a tough first game, but it's gotten significantly better each and every week. Um, you know they they won their last contest forty eight to three at South Carolina, so um, they're they're just on fire right now, and it's just it's just going to be hard to stop them. And I think LSU is just going to be overwhelmed in this matchup. I think they're going to, you know, I think LSU is good. I don't think it's going to be a blowout, but I do think it's going to be a two touchdown game. I do think Texas A and M covers the spread. I think so too. Um, LSU just played a very physical game against Arkansas, which they had to play all four quarters. Um, and get a little help from the referees to win. Um, so um, I like I like Texas a and I mean, Texas A&M is about to be fresh. I don't think they've played in like the last two weeks, two, three no. weeks. Um, so, I mean, they're going to be fresh. Um, Kellen Mond is, look, is looking – I mean, he's looking like the Kellen Mond that we thought he was going to look like all year. Um, since, not all year, but all his career since he's been at uh, Texas A&M since Jimbo got there. So um, you're getting a fresh Texas A&M team. Uh, who's been putting up points? I mean, they're they're shoot. A lot of people got them in the playoff just from that that win against Florida. So, mm-hmm. um, I, um, I, I think Texas A&M wins and they win big against a a very tired and beat up uh, LSU team. 
Yeah, I mean, they, they know what they got to do to get in the playoff. They got to win big, and, and I think they're going to commit to that. And, and it's going to be, you know, it's not going to be one of those, hey, let's just go out and get the win against LSU. I mean, you might get into the second, third quarter and say, okay, let's just get the win. But I think coming into it, it's, hey, we, we need a win, and we need to win big if we want to make a statement and, and possibly sneak into the uh, to the college football playoff if there's, you know, some chaos there with, uh, with everything shaking out with, you know, Notre Dame and Clemson and Bama and Ohio State, things like that. So, um, yeah, I, I think they're in. I think they're in great shape. Uh, the last game that we'll pick, uh, Vanderbilt at Missouri. Vanderbilt being so completely decimated by COVID nineteen, they are considering uh, fresh off of their SEC championship in women's soccer. The goalie, um, Sarah Fuller, um, she she actually participated in walkthroughs with the football team today. They're going to bring her on as place kicker uh, this week to. Uh, to possibly fill in due to COVID-19 stuff. So um, great story. Um, you know, it, it's going to be interesting to kind of see. I kind of hope it happens. Is Sarah Muller, not Fuller. I think that was a typo in one of these uh, headlines. But uh, Sarah Muller, uh, Vanderbilt's uh, goalie on the women's soccer team, is going to come in at place kicker. I think it's going to be interesting if it comes down to kick at the end of the game. She gets out there and just nails it from like 45 yards. I think that would – I I can only imagine what Twitter and ESPN and social media would do and how it would blow up if she were if she were to kick the game winning kick against Missouri. So uh, that being said, the 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 spread is fifteen and a half uh, in favor of Missouri. Vanderbilt's got a little bit of spunk to him, got a little bit of fight to him, a little bit of scrappiness to him. But I just think they're just so depleted right now that they, they just have a hard time. And uh, I, I don't know that it. I hope it comes down to. Uh, Sarah Muller uh, w- with a kick to win it, but and I hope that she's a factor in this game, uh, just for the sheer fact that the story would be great. Uh, but I just don't think defensively they're going to have enough firepower to kind of stop Missouri. I think Cameron Basilic is or Connor Basilic is uh, is playing really well right now, um, and, and he is. Uh, they're doing some good things, and they're being pretty stingy defensively too. Uh, so Drinkwitz is doing a doing a great job managing. Um, everything that he that he's had to go through this year, it's been a rough first season for for Eli Drinkwitz with the, with the start of his schedule to the COVID issues that they've had, the travel issues that they've had with the Hurricanes and the LSU game. I thought they've handled this season extremely well, and they got a bright future under under Drinkwitz, which at one point I was not sure of, but he's kind of settled in. So I'm I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the Tigers in this one because Vanderbilt hasn't really given me any reason to really pick them, especially when the when the point spread is this lopsided? I think so, too. Um, I think that's a great story uh, with the women's the women's soccer goalies coming out there to do place kicking. I, I mean, I think that's awesome. Um, but like you said, I think they're so depleted uh, because of COVID. No, no fault of their own. Um, I think Vanny's just so depleted right now. But I think that um, Missouri just kind of overwhelms them and, and, they, and they cover the spread and they win this football game. Uh, Coach Drinkowitz is doing doing a great job with Missouri, um, they had, and they're another team that's getting better and better each week. Um, j- just from watching them and, and just seeing his body of work, I think the kids are starting to buy in. I, they got a great kid at quarterback. Um, the defense, like you said, it's very stingy. Uh, they're playing hard. They're rallying to the football. So I think they end up overwhelming overwhelming uh, Vandy um, towards the second quarter, going coming in after halftime, and I, and I think they end up winning big. Um, against them. Very good. So a couple of uh, – I'm, I'm going to have you pick one of these games, uh, and I'll pick another. 
A couple of intriguing games around the country. Uh, Iowa State taking on Texas. Iowa State, if they win, uh, they will be the other representative in the the Big 12 championship. Uh, You've got Notre Dame traveling to uh, Chapel Hill to take on the Tar Heels uh, as five-point road favorites. That's an interesting contest because Sam Howell and and, and the Tar Heels have played extremely good football this year, sitting at six and two. Um, you've got Civil War with Oregon and Oregon State. That game's not as interesting, but it's just fun to say the matchup. Um, you've got Maryland at Indiana, which is, you know, last year would have been like uh, wins tip-off, but uh, this game is uh, is now interesting with Maryland playing as good as they're playing and Indiana obviously uh, doing what they did. Uh, then you've got uh, – You've got Colorado at USC. Colorado surprising everybody uh, starting the season at 2-0 under Carl Durrell. Uh, USC again at 3-0 with uh, Keaton Slovis just lighting it up. Almost 1,000 yards already through three games. And then uh, lastly, uh, Oklahoma at West Virginia. Now what makes this one interesting is that West Virginia is 5-0 at home. 0-3 on the road, and, and they're hosting Oklahoma. So that this spread just got really interesting. I'm going to pick this one. Uh, I think OU's going to uh, end this win streak uh, that West Virginia has at home because I think Spencer Rattler has found his way. I think he's settled in, and I think Oklahoma's finally, at this point in the season, been able to do what Oklahoma likes to do and what Lincoln Riley likes to do. And so I think they're playing really good football right now. They're playing really good defensive football, and, and, and they just – they're, they're trying to make that playoff push. I, I don't know that they'll quite get there, but they're trying to make it, and they're getting better um, each and every each and every game, and Spencer Rattler is growing uh, each and every game. So what which one of those games that stands out to you? Uh, what's the game you said before the Oklahoma-West uh, Virginia game? Uh, Colorado-SC. Yes, that's the one I'm taking. Um, I, I, I've watched USC play. USC's um, 12.5-point favorites, by the way. I'm not impressed. Um, no. <laughs> uh, just, 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 just from watching them play, um, that they, they're very good. They're, they're a lot years ahead of where they were last year. Um, but just, just watching how close their games have been. Um, they played uh, UCLA last week, um, and that game was going back and forth. I mean, uh, kudos to Chip Kelly for for doing such a great job with them. Um, but Colorado. It, they, they look really good. They do. And my man Tyson Summers is doing a great job with um, that defense. Um, so I like – I think Colorado's due, um, due for one, and then I think this is the one. I, I think they I think they catch uh, USC slipping this year, and, and, they, and they get it done. Is, is this game um, in Cali or is it at, in Colorado? Is it in Boulder? It's in Cali. Oh, I definitely, I definitely like them now. Yeah. Just I mean, the simple fact that I, I think that Colorado's going to be ready to play. Um, they, they, they've had their COVID issues as well, but you can tell that, that, that they've been practicing and, and they've been getting better. So um, I, I like Colorado in this one. Um, I think they got the personnel to match up well um, against what USC does offensively and defensively. So that's the game. That's definitely a game that I'll be recording and watching myself. So I'm looking forward to that one. You got Jerry Rice Jr. and you got Lavisca Chenault's younger brother. I can't remember his first name, but you, know, you got two great receivers there for for Colorado. I mean, they got some sneaky good talent. Uh, they may not be as deep as USC, but they play well together. And I, I really like the direction Colorado's going. I agree with you. I I think not only are they going to cover, I think they have a great shot at winning this thing outright. Uh, SC is just so inconsistent right now. They you know they 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 put up a little stinker against uh, uh against Arizona. I I was not impressed with SC. I, I thought Arizona outplayed them. 
uh, but just couldn't hang on to win because Arizona's Arizona. Uh, so, yeah, I think uh, – and I'm rooting for Iowa State this weekend as well. I, I think that, you know, to see them in the Big 12 championship after you know, after knowing what I know about Iowa State uh, and, and seeing Matt Campbell turn down some big opportunities to stay there um, really kind of makes them easy to root for. Uh, and then, of course, uh, I want to see if old Matt Brown can get it done against Notre Dame and see if Sam Howell can have that NFL moment, man, where, where he's like, okay, yeah. I'm Sam Howell. Draft me <laughs> now. Uh, I don't think he's eligible this year, but whenever he becomes eligible, I think this will be the first, almost, first feather in his cap. I was cap. real close to picking that game, but then I remember that North Carolina likes to come from behind and put up yeah. a lot of points, and if they get behind against Notre Dame, it's going to be ball game. Yeah, um, you, you can't do that this week. I think I think they're just going to have to match score for score Yeah, um, if they don't just outright just kind of shut um, Notre Dame down. Yeah, um, Notre Dame's got those big physical tight ends that they can just go play out wide. Yeah. Um, they play in the box, you know, put them, match them up against linebackers and things like that. So I think that I think is if if it all plays out, I think it's going to be a shootout. I think Notre Dame's win because wins because I think they're the better team. Yeah. Um, but I mean, if if it's a shootout, I mean it, that that game is going to be fun to watch. I can't wait to see the offensive output after that game if it ends up being a shootout. Yeah. Exactly. So uh, be interested to see. I'll be I'll be rooting for the Tar Heels, no doubt. Um, just to cause create, uh, not necessarily because I hate Notre Dame, but just to create some chaos within the college football playoff system. So, definitely. you know, so, and, and speaking of the playoff system, you know what I hate? I hate the fact that Clemson is still in the top four. Yeah. Reason being is because if you lose a game, you should be out. There's no way that I, I don't think that they're they're better than Ohio State. I really don't, just because of a defense standpoint. Although Ohio State's defense is very suspect right now, I think they are better than Clemson's defense right now. Yeah. And just simple, for the simple fact they didn't have Trevor Lawrence and because Debo Sweeney likes to cry all the time is why they're still in the playoff, even in the payoff picture. And I don't think that's fair. I don't. No, it's not. And especially when you got some, some other teams that are playing uh, playing really good. So, um, Well, Israel, that's going to do it for us, man. Um any final thoughts? Any anything you want to touch on before we uh, before we wish everybody well this Thanksgiving? Man, j- just that right there. I mean, I, I know uh, we we always have a big Thanksgiving at our house, and and, and luckily, you know, everybody's safe at our house. No, nobody has COVID. Everybody's everybody's clear. But uh, in some cases, that's not. But everybody just be safe. Whether you're traveling or you're with family, you know, just just be mindful of who you're around and and all that good stuff and. And just be safe during this holiday season. Um, there's a lot going on, um, even even outside of COVID. So um, no matter what you're doing, j- just be safe, you know, and be thankful. You know, we, we have a lot to be thankful for, um, even though, you know, the media or anything else might tell you otherwise. But we, we do have a lot to be thankful for. Every day that you wake up and your feet touch the ground, you should be thankful. So um, I hope everybody has a wonderful Thanksgiving. Uh, fun fact, my wife put us on a – on a little mini diet to get us prepared for tomorrow because Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday. There you um, go. So everybody, everybody just be safe and enjoy your time and good luck to um, all the high schools, um, especially down here in Georgia who's starting the first round um, because we were pushed back for two weeks. Uh, all the high schools that, that are starting their playoff, their playoff run. And hopefully, hopefully you guys get to get through and, um, and have a, and have a safe uh, playoff run. Um, COVID doesn't get you or injuries or anything like that. So I um, just hope everybody just stays safe. 
Exactly. And uh, I echo that point uh, wholeheartedly up here in Tennessee. We have uh, teams that are taking part in uh, semifinal action, even though the the, the uh, season got pushed back. I think they kept the, the normal playoff structure. So um, they were able to were able to, to play the semifinals this week. Uh, so the teams that are in the semifinals up here in Tennessee, good luck. Hope everything uh, pans out and, uh, you know, hope, hope you guys stay safe and, and compete hard. Uh, I hope everyone eats too much turkey and uh, takes advantage of the trip to fan nap that you get at like four o'clock after you eat. Um, Israel, I'm 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 uh, I'm stoked that you're able to go out and and, uh, and kill your Thanksgiving dinner um, the day of probably uh, get it fresh oh, yeah. uh, and uh, so I, I think it's uh, you know something that uh, something that I definitely want to partake in at some point uh, take a, take a fish take a hunting trip down there uh, and and see what hunting in South Georgia is all about. Um, Trust and me, then, you haven't lived until you skin your until you skin your first deer. You haven't okay. lived yet. Okay. If you shoot it, you got to scan it yourself. Exactly. Yeah. No, that I think that goes without saying, right? So, <laughs> I, I, in the near future, I want to I want to come down to South Georgia and hunt some deer and turkey and whatever else, and then also I want to go out to the Dakotas and, and shoot some birds. So, um, those are those are on my uh, to do list here in the near future. Whether that's you know, I don't know how near in the future, but we'll see. But. Um, Israel is another great episode, man. Uh, this is the this is the gluttony edition of uh, the, the Thanksgiving uh, edition of the Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast. Again, we're we're sponsored by BetOnline.ag. You can find us on uh, social media at Believe in Dogs on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can find Israel at Troopstar twenty eight is uh, Instagram and Twitter. You can find you can find me at Coach Burton thirty six at Burton on Twitter and Instagram, respectively. Uh, Make sure you guys stay safe, enjoy your turkey, enjoy your family with whatever plans you're doing. Uh, make sure you enjoy them to the fullest and take advantage of uh, being able to finally see somebody uh, if, if that's the case for you. But um, as always, stay safe. And you already know, go dogs. Go dogs. Everybody be safe. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Gobble, gobble. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.